0: Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen and it is a Royal Baby episode. I am your host Anne Grepper and I am joined by Daily Mirror Royal Editor Russell Myers. Um, I think we've done a few Royal Baby episodes now haven't we? But it's been a little while so it's quite delightful. Here's another one.
1: We need some trumpets. We should have told Dan beforehand we need some trumpets. So yeah, Royal Baby news. Everyone likes a Royal Baby. We all need some good news, don't we? Hello by the way.
0: Hello, hello. Russell's (laughs) got some new... He's got AirPods this week. So the sound might be a little bit different. So we'll see. I'm still on, like, the old-school wired headphones. But there we go. Well, hopefully hopefully it won't disturb you too much. Uh, More exciting things. Royal baby
1: news. Yes, uh, the Queen was delighted, as you can well imagine, as was Fergie. Fergie, Apparently Fergie's been telling anyone who will listen about how uh, excited she is to be a grandma. I'm sure it will be... Quite relaxed and chilled out, as you can well imagine, Fergie doing most things. To be honest, uh, but yes, Eugenie or Eugenie? Someone pulled me up on this today, actually, on Twitter.
0: Eugenie.
1: Eugenie, I always get it wrong. Eugenie, do apologise. This is what. Eugenie. Is what
0: Victoria Murphy taught me back in the day.
1: Oh, we need Queen Vic back, don't we? Bring a bit of a uh, class to the occasion. Class. Uh, Eugenie. Uh, and Jack Brookbank have welcomed their son, who weighed eight pounds one ounce. That's a decent weight, isn't it? It's not bad. I uh, eight fifty-five yesterday, February the 9th. And I was reminded that uh, it was the day that Princess Margaret died. So, in terms of royal history, it's turned on its head. It's become a bit of a, a day for a happier occasion.
0: Goods. Can I put my queen voice on and I will, I will be the official announcement royal family.
1: Tour.
0: Her royal highness, Princess Eugenie, was safely delivered of a son today. I love that phrasing. Safely delivered of a delivered
1: son. Delivered of a son, yeah.
0: Yes. 9th of February 2021 at 0855 hours at the Portland Hospital. Jack Brooksbank was present. The baby weighs eight pounds, one ounce. Read the announcement in full, etc. Um... So this was, you know, very delightful news for the young couple. Um, but,
1: uh, I, tell you what, look, I, I tell you what, just to add some hilarity into this occasion, um, apparently his PR lot, or the PR lot from his Casamigos firm, were busy um, emailing royal correspondents and people who may have been writing about this and said he, he should be referred to... If you're writing about the royal baby, please refer to Jack Brooksbank by his official title as European director of Casa Amigos. His official title, uh, but owed an official title, not a royal <laughs> one, but he is, he is the European director of Casa Amigos, no less. But it's got them some PR, and here we are talking about it. So, oh. they're doing their job. They're doing their job, the PR a lot of it.
0: We all know his real royal. His real title is Princess Eugenie's husband. That is But <laughs> well, yes, Of course. and baby Um, brooks bank's daddy because we have as so as we are recording at 20 past three on wednesday and we have no name as yet um no name
1: any predictions well i'll give give you some of the runners and riders come on then um Uh, well this was yesterday and it's changed so I'll, i'll give you yesterday's uh arthur three to one favorite with the bookmaker coral james coming in second best at the betting five to one, Oliver six to one, Edward available at eight to one. I think there was a Tarquin at 25 to one, Tarquin. Any other ludicrous, posh names that you can think of? Uh, James and Philip have now today become the new favorite with the bookmakers,
0: The bookmakers are are desperate for one of these royal babies to be called Arthur. Every single time they're like this one, (laughs) Arthur
1: and yeah. they're always they're always wrong about everything booking wow. so or, or, or right, to spend, uh, what do, you, do, you, do
0: you do you pick a name in advance or do you wait to see the baby did you have a plan oh,
1: uh, we knew the we? we knew Sawyer's so, so name yeah we did we did so um, I mean yeah so, well, some people like to just look at the baby and say oh she looks like a Mary or she looks like a you know Camilla. A, friend,
0: a friend of mine it took the best part of two weeks to decide what they were going to call that baby well
1: um, the, the, saying that the sort of gap eh, that happened to uh, Eugenie she was not named for a week now whether that was within the family but uh, they didn't they didn't have an announcement um, and obviously we don't know we don't know the baby's name we were just given that very very pretty picture on Instagram, which was very uh, monochrome, ba- typical baby's hand touching parents' yes. fingers.
0: We'll come back to that, but wasn't isn't there a rumour or a theory that it took so long for Eugenie's name to be announced because the Queen didn't like the names that were originally suggested? I have heard the-
1: that before. I, know, I don't know. I haven't even stood it up myself, but I have heard that.
0: So anyway, so there we go. But yes, I mean, we've talked in the past about how good Princess Eugenie is at the Instagram and she basically did ultimate classic celebrity Instagram picture, black and white, both parents. I mean, we presume it's two hands holding a tiny baby's hand and then just posted it with some blue hearts. So obviously telling us it was a boy in in that classic style and, you know, no real pictures of anybody i mean i don't think it will be like um dan jackson who has got a photo frame in his room that still has the pictures of the random black and white people (laughs) he bought it with years ago but anyway um presumably it's them and it i just thought oh usually these nails they look very smart because mine never are and uh, i thought that jack's got really quite old hands
1: Old hands, is that a kind soul? Is that a, is that a saying? Oh, old hands, boy. kind soul. You it never is know. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, unless he's got one old hand, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was both parents. I thought it was rather sweet. We have been told we are lovely. going to get we are going to get a picture and a name at some stage, but it won't be this week. So hold on to your hats. I'm just looking oh. at some of the odds. Godfrey at five to one. Are oh, people called Godfrey anymore? It's pretty old school, that isn't it?
0: Is it's not uh, Jack's granddad or something, is it?
1: No, right. That could be some know. like insider intelligence. Perhaps.
0: But the one thing that is quite sad, slash obviously the you know, the sort of dark humour that you get often um in various different places is like, I wonder if the baby will be called Andrew, everybody will you know, various wags say, which is obviously usually his dad, but normally that would be a very happy and kind thing yes. to have. But in the current circumstances where he's so totally, utterly toxic toxic. and the whole situation's difficult you know we we talked about it with sort of Beatrice's wedding and things and how his difficult position um Mm. made the whole you know the whole situation difficult and anyway so there we go about
1: names about names will he be at the christening what sort of christening photos will we see obviously we've had Bee's wedding where he couldn't be seen at all and that sort of uh, put Fergie out of the picture as well because they didn't want to have Fergie in one and Andrew not in it so they had that lovely socially distance picture of the Queen and Prince Philip on one side and Be and Edo uh, on the other so I don't know I guess he still won't be allowed to be in the pictures I mean there will probably be a nice private family album but um, one would assume if we are going to see some uh, royal baby Christening photos, then it will be sort of maybe just Jack, Huge, and the baby.
0: Wow! What what more do you need? Little capsule family. Um, and she gave birth at the Portland Hospital. She did same as Megan. Um,
1: same as Megan, and same as Fergie because Eugenie was was born there as well. And if you have not seen the photograph of uh. Andrew Fergie and Eugenie when they when they came out of the Portland Hospital. You must see it. And will you put a picture up on the Instagram page? Later? have you seen this photograph?
0: I haven't. I will find. I will find it and I will it's, put it on the Instagram. Okay. Page.
1: Well, I will just describe. So she was born in 1990. She's still sort of got a bit of the 80s flair about Fergie's outfit. She looks very tanned actually. Maybe she's got a bit of fake um, tan out of the bottle. But she looks she looks amazing for just having a baby. But she's wearing this incredible sort of like silk satin she looks like a jockey basically it's this this pink and white blouse uh which has got some big big shoulders on it and it's sort of pink in the middle white on the sleeve it's absolutely extraordinary outfit
0: and the black Great. buttons down the front
1: big black buttons down the front as well i just put it on instagram like late, latest late. all of it every,
0: every every time she does that kind of stuff it just makes me think of it, it's a knockout all the time sort of just <laughs> yeah. ridiculously over the top things but simple um, wow. Why not? The Portland Hospital is a little bit ridiculously over the top as well and I think we might try and hear a little bit more about what goes on there and how they look after their patients from Zoe Corsi.
2: Hello yes congratulations to Princess Eugenie and Jack on the arrival of their beautiful little boy such lovely news. Now, when it comes to having a royal baby, you won't be surprised to learn that the royals go private rather than using the NHS. Usually picked the Portland Hospital in London, which is actually where she was born back in 1990. So it's really lovely that she's kind of stuck with what her mum, Sarah Ferguson, did 30 years ago. The Meghan Markle also picked the hospital when she was pregnant with Archie. So it's definitely got the royal seal of approval. Portland offers a real luxury service, but that doesn't come cheap really doesn't come cheap. (laughs) A maternity stay can cost anywhere between £6,760 for the most kind of basic deal, but can go up to £500,000 if you have all the added extras. But the average stay is about £20,000, which is still a huge amount. The hospital offers both consultant and midwife-led births and it's the only private hospital with an on-site neonatal intensive care unit, which means that any new arrivals are in great hands if anything is to go wrong or there are any complications. The website states, at the Portland Hospital we take great pride in delivering a positive experience for parents to be at this exciting time of their lives. So it's really obvious to see why the couple decided to have their little boy here. Now, one of the best added benefits of having your baby at the Portland is definitely the food. There's none of the horrible hospital grub, which unfortunately is slightly infamous here in the UK. And new mums stay, who stay there get to enjoy some really nice meals, which are prepared in a hotel standard kitchen. It offers around-the-clock fine dining, and there's a team of 13 really talented chefs who are there and ready to prepare any dish that the mother happens to fancy. And to make things extra special, all the food is delivered on silver platters. Now, as well as the food, the hospital offers lots of extra services and treats for new mums and dads. There's an in-house photography company, so they will do photo shoots for newborns and their parents, and there's also a gift shop. Now, obviously, being a very expensive private hospital, the gift shop isn't just kind of selling, you know, magazines, food and toothpaste. And it sells lots of very fancy treats as well, including silver and bronze casts for your baby's feet. There's a nursery in the hospital with, so parents are offered the opportunity to have their babies looked after by staff and um, if the parents need a little bit of a break and the mums, you know, want to get a good night's sleep before they head home. All babies who are there are electronically tagged with a very fancy computer system. So their exact location is known at any time. And babies don't have to sleep in kind of, you know, the normal plastic cots. And Dragons of Walton Street has a range available there. Now, their range has a Moses basket, which costs £3,500, and even a four-poster cot. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know a four-poster cot was a thing but there you go you learn something new every day um so molten brown toiletries are available throughout the hospital that's the kind of go-to brand which i don't know if anyone's tried that before but it's really lovely it smells absolutely gorgeous and it's quite a, a staple brand to have in fancy hotels Now, looking more towards the medical side of things, there's a huge team of experienced staff there and there's about 50 midwives who are always on hand to help out with any questions, any problems, and just to make sure that everything goes smoothly. Now, new mums can pick which doctor they want and if they don't fancy pushing, they can even opt for a cesarean. Now, the chief executive says staying there is like having a holiday. Um, I'm not sure how many new mums would agree with that statement generally in terms of having a baby but um, it definitely sounds like they've got some fantastic facilities there that can make the experience very very nice um, and the, the line on the website is that they hope that mums can leave the hospital fit and well so they are ready to take on the challenges of motherhood. And what's really nice about the Portland is that the care doesn't end when the mum and baby leave and head home. And each patient is given a really nice goodie bag, which contains some very fancy items, including top of the range toys, some champagne and a free photo sheet. So thanks to Zoe
0: for that. Um, I think it's quite interesting. Last week we were talking about the royal family sort of not wanting to have the behind the scenes things of the the old school documentary out and about and this week there have been kind of two intimate photos that we've ended up with we've got the that really sort of you know classic instagram picture of um of eugenie and jack and the little baby albeit just their hands but we have also seen into princess anne's parlor, living room, front room, TV room. I don't know what we can call this room, but um, a little bit of an insight into her life. And It,
1: look, it looks like a jumble sale is about to go on. Or well, it looks like a bomb, a bomb has gone off.
0: I'm <laughs> utterly obsessed by this picture. It's incredible.
1: Absolutely incredible. I mean, I don't know if our UK listeners will be familiar with the royal family, royal with an E, Ricky Tomlinson... Uh, Carolina Hearn. Carolina Hearn. soul. I mean, it's more like a scene out of that than someone in a palace or big old posh house. But posh people are eccentric, aren't they? And this this shows you eccentricity in spades. You've got books everywhere, big piles of paper, knickknacks, back He's got absolutely <laughs> everything. Um, so she was. This is taking on Saturday because Anne is the patron of Scottish rugby. There was a small game of rugby being played at the weekend. Don't want to dwell too much on it because the Scottish.
0: I mean, we can talk about you beating Prince William last week in the football instead, but
1: well, not well we can't. We, I wasn't going to mention it, you know. <laughs> if, uh,
0: anyway, the Myers but, Prince William Derby came out came out for the commoner and West. I should, West have, text, I
1: should have texted him some bunts and uh, yeah, we didn't. The, anyway. the real Claret and Blues did did, did triumph. Anyway,
0: uh, but no, so the the rugby Princess Anne had every reason to be utterly delighted because Scotland played like absolute um, dreams. They were incredible and totally smashed England, who were ropey. Um, and she would have loved to have been there, I am sure, to hand over the Calcutta Cup to the victorious Scottish team winners at Twickenham for the first time since 1983 or something. And, you know, obviously in her delight, she probably wasn't, didn't care a jot. I mean, she might not have done anyway, what people made of seeing inside her, you know, her her TV room. Um, Russell, when you were, when you looked at it, what was the first thing that jumped out for
1: you? It's just the mess. It's <laughs> just look at it, It's just extraordinary. I don't mind the old sofa. She's sitting on a. She's sitting on a cushion because her old sofa is probably worn out. She looks rather comfy. Probably hasn't got the heating on. She's wearing a jumper and a gilet. Uh, I mean, God Lord, there's loads of horses. There's loads of. So it reminds me of my my grandmother's cabinet. She used to have loads of Ladro. Do you remember that? These little figurines. Lots of horses. That picture of Zara, a couple of vases, I mean, there's an awful lot going on, isn't there?
0: Tell us about the picture of Zara. The
1: top left, on, the, on that bookcase, where Anne's wearing a big hat.
0: Oh. Oh, yes. So when, back when she, was, when she was a little baby. Um, yes. So when I posted it on the Instagram, Ian Vogler, he posted, and I asked people, you know, what did they spot? Ian Vogler replied, like a flash, our photographer friend, he replied, no drink obviously you know uh, sitting, <laughs> sitting watching the rugby on a Saturday afternoon. I think one of our one of our other listeners comments like no no drinks no snacks no GNT um see if go some Yeah no comment. snacks
1: no snacks just poor you know you've got to, you've got to have a brew with a couple of biscuits if you're watching the rugby.
0: Um my husband's initial comment was like why is the TV so small? <laughs> Although it would probably fall off that cabinet if it was much bigger he would suggest. um so, yes, St- Stone, Stone my 82 she commented something similar. Not a stage backdrop for the picture. Also, their TV isn't very big. Uh, Simone McCallum, it's so normal, with three exclamations. Very lines.
1: normal, very and normal.
0: So normal and comfortable, and just as I would expect, lots of horsey and dog things and books. Andrea Kavanagh, the picture on top of the stack of books, sort of looks like they gave up on getting the books put onto shelves and just decided to use the stack as an extra- they table. you have, have. Julian um, Boe says The room is cluttered but comfortable Definitely not the grand room I expected um, Dan coffee says I'm obsessed with the fact that Princess Anne Also has clutter Crying laughing face Amazing So yeah, I think everybody
1: Lots dog of people as can well.
0: Oh yes, dog basket Good spot, Good spot. That's this, a is, new, this is new... like
1: one of these Sort of Where's Wally magic eye things is I'm spotting things all over the place There's probably like Something hidden in that carpet Double
0: rug on the floor The worn out Double rug yeah. Double rug, double rug. And I was looking at the, you know, you've got the little armchair. It sort of looks a little bit like somebody might just have been sitting in there quite recently, but they wouldn't have had a very good view of the telly or they'd have been a bit too close. I'd have been told to move away when I was little. It would damage my eyes if I sat there far yeah. too close. Um, so, yes, what a fascinating and very... I mean, I can't remember seeing anything quite like it.
1: In the Royal well, House no, House. because um, a lot has been made about William and Kate and sort of transferred from... Uh, some people spotted this. Uh, that transferred from their home and the hall, and they've actually been doing Zoom calls at the big house in Sandringham because kids are having homeschooling. In the summer or last spring, they were able to sort of run outside, and they probably could have gone outside when either parent was doing their work on Zoom. However, um, you know, I, was, I was sort of told that uh, they're doing it to have an office, to have a space, to give them a bit more, to give the kids a bit more space even though their house is pretty big. I mean, surely they could have found one room at the other end of the house. However, people were poring over the pictures that Kate had put in the back. And there was one of William uh, doing some of his work for Tusk in 2016, I think it was. There was a picture of uh, Kate and Louis at her back to nature garden. And then there was a, a really nice picture of Georgie Charlotte on Charlotte's first day of school. So lots of people are very, very interested in Zoom backgrounds and this is a very nice window into the world of the royals. So
0: the arrival of Eugenie's baby means that Princess Anne drops down one in the pecking order as do all of her children. I mean not that it bothers them really because they never thought that they were going to end up on the throne and she never gave them HRHs in the first place and they have always sort of worked for their livings and, and done different things. Um, her son-in-law, though, was in the news a little bit this week with the whole furlough situation. Please explain, Russell.
1: Well, uh, I mean, I imagine this is pretty standard across sort of Europe and rest of the world who are experiencing issues with coronavirus. Lots of big governments have put in place the furlough scheme, where if you cannot work, if your business is suffering, then the government will basically pay you a sum of money until we are out of this crisis. Now. Um, Mike Tindall's company, of which he is the sole employee, it would seem, on the face of it, has been receiving furlough money. And it was a a story in one of the newspapers during the week that they basically accused Mike Tindall of accepting government funds uh, because, obviously, he he wasn't able to work or do whatever his business does. I managed a lot of media appearances and so on and so forth. However, his spokesman said Mike has not been... In, he's not been the recipient of any of this money. So the plot thickens, really, because if he is indeed the only registered employee and that firm has been accepting furlough money, then who is actually receiving the money? And the reason why this was so controversial is because estimates, guesstimates online, put Mike Tindall's wealth at about 15 million quid, which is an awful lot of money. And Mike's previously spoken about money worries, about how, you know, well, after you become finished being a sportsman and you have to do all these media appearances, you do worry about money and how you're going to bring up kids and stuff. And uh, maybe he isn't that wealthy after all. So it's up for debate. I think you've got to take, uh, you know, possibly the benefit of the doubt that he didn't receive the money if his spokesman is, is saying he didn't. But um, certainly that there is a, an explanation to be had about whether he did or didn't. I
0: think it has been one of those um, tricky things. I mean, it's not just the royals. I think Victoria Beckham in the early days furloughed her staff and there's a bit of an outcry about that. And then the chancellor's wife is, uh, you know, like she's from a very wealthy family and like they're taking furlough money. So it's, you know, (laughs) the perception essentially is if 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 you've got your own cash, why are you taking the government cash? But then at the same time, it's probably even more exacerbated when you're a member of the royal family extended, admittedly, but you know, and the royals, there is always this perception that the royals are taking the cash. And then periodically it's just it's used as a stick to beat them with, it's fair to say, as you know, as everybody saw with Harry and Meghan and their renovations, but even just the sort of the day-to-day things. And periodically there's the figures that come out and are they worth money. And you know, then people pipe up and say, no, let's let's stop this, as one of our as one of our colleagues who is a Republican and has just been debating with Russell on over on the Daily Mirror's Facebook page earlier today on the Facebook Lives. What were you What were you chatting about there, Russell?
1: Oh, it was very, very lively. So, you know, we, people should know our resident Republican, Kevin Maguire. He's not too shy to be t- giving his opinions about the royal family and how we should do away with them at a moment's notice. He wrote a column uh, today, actually, which was titled Let's Grow Up and Make the Queen Elizabeth the Last. It will save us a fortune. Now, we had a, a space... I'll tweet, I'll tweet the link, actually, so you can check out our Facebook Live debates, and it was only supposed to last a few minutes, and we were busy shouting at each other for over half an hour, I think. But I was putting the point across the point of this whole 350 million quid they cost us, you know, that republic, the anti-monarchy group, often come out with this figure, um, isn't actually you know, proper factually correct, is it? Because the sovereign grant is obviously very... Um, complicated in parts but at base level the sovereign grant is basically the 15 percent surplus of what the crown estate makes for the government and that is about 85 million quid last year cost us about one pound 24 pounds you know one pound 24p uh i think that's pretty good value for money and i was explaining to kevin about all the sort of altruistic stuff they do the the fact that uh, you know, even Prince Philip has still got associations to over 700 charities, um, but he wasn't having any of it. I, I don't think we'll see him waving a Union Jack or wearing a, a Union Jack suit uh, uh, next, uh, outside the Lindo Wing any time soon. <laughs> well, the Portland's
0: where it's at these days, though. So, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure... <laughs> It will be a debate that will continue, I am sure, always. Um, But, right, what else has been happening in the royal world? Well, we have the news today that Charles and Camilla have been vaccinated as the vaccination programme continues to progress. So that is more good news. And hopefully listeners, um, wherever you are, you you or your loved ones are, or sort of elderly loved ones in particular, are starting to hear hopefully about vaccinations and that kind of thing, because certainly in the UK it does seem to be speeding up somewhat and working its way down through the ranks, so fingers crossed for that. Um, did we hear anything in particular about Charles and Camilla's jabs?
1: No, just that Camilla was very happy to have had it done, and Clanness uh, has confirmed this, this morning that Charles had had his as well, certainly, I mean, look, thinking back to the end of last year when Charles and Camilla visited a hospital in Gloucestershire, Charles wasn't um, shy about saying that he was going to accept the vaccine. He said that, you know, he would do essentially and would be uh, way down the list, is how he put it. So it shows you, the speed of the rollout of the vaccine in the UK uh, because obviously they have had both had it. Charles is 72, Camilla is 73 now. So putting their best foot forward i think for the country for the scientists making it be known that this is something that we should all be getting out there and doing as the queen and prince philip had obviously done as well i think it's quite important that the royal family do let like that be that, you known there was certainly a lot of uh, debate about it at the end of last year beginning of this year about whether the royals would and should be suggesting that they uh were or you know confirming that they were going to have the vaccine and i do think it does carry some weight actually you've got prince william as also talking to the scientists and uh, behind the oxford vaccine as well saying that we owe them a great uh, debt of gratitude and no doubt whenever it gets to um, william's uh, age group i think we will see him speaking about it as well which will probably be later in the summer won't it
0: yeah he's a he's a spring chicken one of the benefits of me being over 40 is i'm up i'm upper group so i you know there have to be some benefits to getting older anyway so that is good that is good news and I hope their arms aren't too sore um, so Camilla's work on Reading Rooms continues and she has a special guest latest in a line of special yes, guests Yes,
1: this is pretty, pretty snazzy it's da- Daisy Edgar Jones and uh, I'm sure people will be very familiar with her work did you see Normal People
0: I did for those people who didn't see Normal People or haven't seen it yet it's Quite fruity. I oh,
1: mean it's very raunchy, very raunchy.
0: There's it's um there's, was kind of a, oh was, a my <laughs> was a running so there's an a there's an impressionists show that is um very fun, comedy on radio 4 uh, which is very funny, but they would just always do the sort of normal people and this you know, the love affair, on off love affair between um Daisy Edgar Jones' character and Connell. And yeah, anyway, so that was kind well, of a lo- the- last summer. Big was,
1: hit. Wasn't oh was, not it? God, yeah, it was a big Quite naked. Lo- lock- lockdown hit. Lots of nakedness. Lots of sort of uh, exploring of the sexuality, Should we say. I don't think we'll be reviewing any films every time.
0: Teenagers coming of age and such like. But anyway. That's now the to- word.
1: Anyway, th- the reason why we're talking about it is because Daisy Edgar-Jones um, has contributed to uh, Camilla's reading room. Uh, and the reason for this is she is to play with book central character, Kaya, the book being Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. And this was selected as one of Camilla's books and the film adaptation will be released in uh, next year, 2022. And, uh, and Daisy has been basically speaking about it, talking about how she loved the book, how she loved the character, how she got immersed within the character by reading the, the book and really, um imploring people to follow Camilla's um campaign really to try and get people reading in lockdown and to try and give us all uh, something to do lockdown reading list so if you haven't checked that out already they've got their own Instagram page um and I think this is you know exactly what the royals should be doing isn't it We had Kate talking about kids getting involved with the arts and maybe taking up sort of drama and speech and language and maybe trying to act out plays and stuff to keep themselves active. And this is something that can help us all under lockdown
0: this podcast has been a little bit interesting in places Russell I'm not sure you're going to be allowed to use the airpods next week because there were definitely bits where I was having to lip read you so I'm hoping that it's all in Dan's magic box for our listeners and that um, you've had a good uh, been able to enjoy listening to our usual romp through all of the royal news you can find Russell on Twitter and on Instagram RJ Myers on the Twitter and Russell J Myers on the Instagram I'm and gripper on both of them and we are at pod save on instagram if you want to get a daily dose of news stories then sign up to our newsletter or the mirrors royal newsletter which lovely zoe puts together every day but you can sign up for that at mirror.co.uk slash email and if anybody gets a couple of minutes to just leave us a review on itunes then we would really appreciate it because we love to see those stars because who doesn't but anyway that's enough of us for this week we'll be back very soon either the two of us to have a chat about what the royals have been up to or maybe one of our special guest interviews that we have done recently because we are excited to bring you those as well very soon but we'll be back next week either way in some form so until then stay safe stay well and until next time
1: save the queen!